Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 24th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. Earlier this year, I taught a series on the miracles of Jesus, and we went through every miracle that Jesus performed in the New Testament while he was on this planet. And now I'm dealing with the parables of Jesus, and we're going to go through every parable that he taught while he was on this planet, and I pray that you've been enjoying it. Right now, we're dealing with the parable of the rich fool. There's a lot in this parable to learn and glean from. And so we've already learned quite a bit, but we're going to go back to it again this morning. The title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables, part 84. So we've been studying parables for 84 messages now. The title is this, True Prosperity. Put in the chat, True Prosperity. We're going to talk about true prosperity today, which is beyond earthly riches. I'm talking about true prosperity beyond earthly riches. Put in the chat, my prosperity is beyond earthly riches. You got it? Let's get ready to receive. So before we get into the message, I do want to look at Psalms 126 and verse four. Before I do that, though, I just saw that my friend Barry Hensley is watching. I just want to give a shout out to Barry, man. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. I love you. God is so good to me. I have so many amazing uh, friends that God has connected me to, people that have been such a blessing to me throughout the years. And some of these relationships have lasted a long time. Barry Hensley and I went to a Cisco class uh, when he was in fourth ID and I was <clears throat> in first calf. Or, or in 57 Signal Battalion, uh, and that was a long time ago when I was a W01. All right, so anyway, let's get into the word. Psalms 126 and verse 4, the Bible says, Now, Lord, do it again. Listen, do it again. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. If you have any area of your life that's dried up, then this is a season for God to refresh you again. The Bible says, restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. We believe that this is a season where any area of your life that's dry, God is not just going to sprinkle you. He's going to drench you again. Fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh anointing. Say amen to that. So let's go to this parable of the rich fool. The Bible says, Jesus is teaching this parable. He says, the ground of a certain man yielded a bunch of harvest. It was an abundant harvest. It was bumper crops. So he thought to himself, well, what am I going to do? I have no place to store all this stuff. So he said, oh, I know what I'm going to do. He said, what am I going to do? Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build bigger barns, right? Because my barns are overflowing. I'm going to build bigger barns. And there, there I will store up my surplus. So it's about I, me, and mine. This guy's all about himself. And then he says, then I'll say to myself, self? You have plenty of stuff. You got so much stuff that you can live on for years. Now it's time to take it easy. Eat and drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your soul will be required of you. Then who's going to get all the stuff that you stored up? And Jesus said, this is how it's going to be with anyone who stores up for themselves all of this stuff down here in this world. They're rich, but they're not rich towards God. This is how it's going to be with anybody who's storing up earthly riches but it's not rich towards God. There's a lot that we can learn here. We've already learned a lot. So what does this mean for you today? I'm going to try to give you six more things from this parable. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Number one, the power of contentment. I've already talked about learning to be content in this parable, but I wanted to come back to it because it's really important. The rich fool had a desire for more and more and more, and that led him to making unwise decisions. If you were just, let me say it this way, the Bible teaches us not to be greedy. 
right? So you can want progress, but you got to also learn how to be content. So you can actually, when you walk with God, you can be bold and humble at the same time. When you walk with God, you can want the next, but also enjoy the now at the same time. When you walk with God, right, you can be ambitious, but content at the same time. Why? How do you do that, Brother Pena? It's through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so I can still be humble. I can humble myself under the mighty hand of God while at the same time wanting everything that God wants me to have. And so that's that's me putting God first. God will lead me concerning what's next while enjoying the now at the same time. I already confessed to you that there was a moment in my life a couple of years ago where I had lost the joy of my now because of what God has for me next and what I'm believing God for in this next phase that I, I'm not doing yet. And because of the passion and the desire that I have for my next, I actually lost the joy of my now. And God doesn't. God wants you to enjoy the now and the next. And so when you walk with God, this is what Paul said in, in, in Philippians. He says, I learned some stuff. What did I learn? I learned how to be content. He said, I learned how to base. I learned how to bound. He said, there were moments where I didn't have enough. I learned how to deal with that. There was moments where I had more than enough. I learned how to deal with that. In every situation I've learned, guess what did I learn? I learned, Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what Philippians 4.13 is all about. Read that passage. Read Philippians 4. He's like, I've learned how to be content. I've learned, I've learned in any situation, whether I have a lot or not enough, it doesn't matter. I've learned that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As long as I got Jesus, I'm good. In this situation, if I have a lot of resources or a little bit of resources, as long as I have Jesus, I've learned how to be content. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to be complaining. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be content. I'm going to walk with God. God is going to walk with me. And through Jesus, I can do all things. So contentment, when you learn how to be content, it helps you to prevent greed and envy in your heart. It also helps you to appreciate God's blessings. Put in the chat, say, I appreciate God's blessings. A heart that is content is more receptive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. A heart that is content puts you in a position to where you're more sensitive to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit. Said another way, if you're tired, frustrated, discontent, disillusioned, disgruntled, and unhappy, it's going to be hard for you to hear the voice of God, right? It's going to be hard for you to hear the Holy Spirit. And not only that, you're going to be susceptible to envy. You're going to be looking at other people, strife, anger. You're going to be quick to fly off the handle and you will be open to depression. So you don't want to do, do that. You want to learn how to be content. When you are content, you have peace. Even in the times of lack, even in the times of challenges, you're not moved by what you see. You only move by what God said. You're learning how to be content. You have joy on the inside, no matter what's happening on the outside. So when you learn how to be content, you can find, watch this, being content is not about having everything. It's just about having the joy of what you have. It's not about, oh, I haven't done everything that I'm supposed to do yet. I have not. I haven't accomplished everything that I want to accomplish yet. I haven't done it. I haven't. I haven't. But you know what I, I, I've learned? I've learned how to have joy in what I have right now. I've learned how to have joy in this moment. Even in the midst of challenges and circumstances and situations that are unpleasant, I can still have joy knowing that, you know what? God has given me the grace to face it. I will endure and I will overcome. I've learned something. I learned what Paul learned. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I can do all things. All right, number two, the role of stewardship. Now, I already talked to you quite a bit about stewardship in the parable of the talents. But here, this is about stewardship as well. Everything that we have, resources, is entrusted to us by God 
He's the owner. We're just the stewards. I, I also told you that really even our life is in God's hands, right? God owns everything, including our life. So put in the chat, say God owns everything. The rich fool, he failed in his role as a steward because he was not using his wealth for God's glory. He thought everything was his and he just focused on himself. Look at what I have. Look at how much I have. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, and it was all about him. See, proper stewardship involves using the resources that God has given you to oversee and manage in such a way that you are benefiting God's kingdom. You're advancing God's kingdom plans and purposes, and you're also being a blessing to the people around you. You're supposed to affect with effects and influence the people of this world and the systems of this world. So being a good steward means that you are accountable to God for every decision. Lord, what do you want me to do? And it's not just about money. It's like my time, my talent, my treasure, my resources. You, what do you want me to do? When I go into this meeting, I'm going to this conference, God. Isabella's at a conference right now. And so, Lord, I'm at this conference and I'm here to do business. And I do want you to bless our business. But Father, if there's somebody that's at the conference that needs a word, that needs a hug, that needs an encouraging word, that needs a, a word of wisdom, a knowledge, a revelation, and not understanding. Set up divine appointments. Send people to Isabella. Use her as a conduit of your glory. Help her to be a blessing. While she, I, listen, when I was at a, those, some of you watching are army people that, you know, that I know, Signal Corps. When I was at TechNet Augusta, and also even at, at AUSA, uh, uh, I, I could be at a conference like a, a you know like a conference like Isabella is right now, and even on the floor where you have all these vendors, uh, on the vendor floor at at Technet Augusta, with all these people walking around, there was a couple of moments where I was where the Lord needed me to pray for somebody, and I would say, Hey, look at me. Keep your eyes open. We're sitting in there talking. Keep your eyes open so nobody knows we're praying. I'm going to pray for you. You ready? Oh, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. And I'm like, I pray for right there. Why? So when you know that you're a steward, I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about being a steward. When you're a steward, you steward everything. Lord, I'm here for you. I'm down for whatever. You want me to pray for somebody? You want me to be a blessing? You want me to give somebody some money? Cool. You want me to buy somebody some food? Cool. I'm, I'm good. I'm here for whatever you want. Whatever you want, I am a steward. It goes beyond your, your finances. It, it, it is stewarding your life. Put in the chat, I steward my life. My life is in God's hands. And when you put your life in God's hands, there's no limit to what God will do through you. The rich fool didn't put his life in God's hands. He was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm making plans. It's all about me. Don't make that mistake. Number three, the foolishness of the wisdom of this world. You know, the wisdom of this world is just not that wise. First Corinthians chapter three, verses 18 and 19 from the New Living Translation, the Bible says, this is what Paul said, stop deceiving yourselves. If you, if you think you are wise by the world standards, you actually need to become a fool to truly be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. See, the wisdom of this world, from the wisdom of this world, this guy did nothing wrong. But the world's wisdom often contradicts God's wisdom. The rich fool was relying on earthly wisdom. Hey, I stored up stuff. This is my stuff. I made this money. These are my crops. This is all about me. I have a lot of stuff. Now I don't, I'm gonna build more barns. Listen, from looking at it from a worldly point of view, you would say he did nothing wrong. But I've been teaching from this parable for weeks. So obviously he did a lot of stuff wrong. But we're not looking at it from a worldly point of view. We're looking at it from God's point of view. Looking at it from a worldly point of view, oh, wow, we have barns, they're full. We have more stuff. What are we going to do? Build bigger barns. Then let's chill, 
eat, drink, be merry. From a world's perspective, there's nothing wrong with that. But from God's perspective, there's a lot wrong with that. It was all about him. It was all about self. So the, the wisdom of God is what we should seek. Not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of God. We don't want to lean on our own understanding. We want to trust God and lean on his understanding. Godly wisdom leads to peace, prosperity, and purpose. If this man had leaned on God, let me just talk about what could have happened if he had leaned on God. If he had leaned on God, God could have led him to do something with those riches, right? So watch this. He could have used a portion of those riches to advance God's kingdom, God's kingdom plans and purposes. Lord, what do you want me to sow into? What do you want me to do? It's all about you. I want to make an impact. He could have used a portion of those riches for the less fortunate, to feed the poor, to be a blessing to other people. Man, I got so much stuff. I got way too much for me. Let's just be a blessing to somebody else. He could have done that. He could have used a portion of that and say, you know what? Let me put a plan in place to leave an inheritance for my children and my children's children, because the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And the Bible says that if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. And so, so okay, I'm going to take care of my family, long-term legacy, all of that. And if he would have done all of that, put God first, advance God's kingdom, be a blessing to other people, leave a legacy for his family, make sure that his grandchildren are set up for success, all of that then not only would he have received the fulfillment of knowing that he was doing what God told him to do, the enjoyment of walking in God's divine purpose, but because he would have been honoring God and advancing God's kingdom and leaving a legacy, he would have actually been able to enjoy the rest of his life. And it would have been amazing and fantastic. And God would have blessed him to enjoy it. But because it was all about him, he lost everything in a moment. So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with money. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with leaving an inheritance for your grandchildren because the Bible actually tells us to do that. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. But when you when you make your life about that instead of about God, now, who, who knows? Your life could be required of you today. You don't want to lose everything in a moment. So what you don't want is the, the wisdom of this world. No, you want the wisdom of God and the importance of stewardship. Make sure you're, you're making God, give God first place, and you are a steward. Say, I'm a steward, and I walk in the wisdom of God. Number four, let's talk about leaving a legacy of righteousness. So not only are we supposed to leave a financial legacy, um, but we're supposed to leave a legacy of righteousness. So this is actually one, for those of us that grew up poor, um, this, like the, the financial legacy part is new, right? I mean, the Bible does teach us to do this. And, and, and so, but, but for a lot of us, like, you know, it's, it's hard for us to think about, to think forward. Like I gotta work, I gotta concern myself with like my grandchildren and leaving a legacy, financial legacy of righteousness for my grandchildren, because a lot of us we're, we're not raised with anything. And so we actually have to go backwards. <laughs> and so, so it's like, so we got to take care of, uh, when, when you get a little bit of something, now you got to take care of your, your mother, you got to take care of other people and all of that, and people in your family. Are come, that's fine. Let me just say this. The cycle of poverty can stop with you, and then moving forward, you can leave a legacy, not just of finances, but of righteousness. Let me talk about it. So when we what we leave behind matters, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about earthly possessions. We can assume that this guy, everything that he left behind, we can assume that it went to his family, but he could have left something for his family that was greater than money. We can leave a legacy of faith. We can leave a legacy of righteousness, of love, of service. We can leave things that have eternal significance. Put in the chat, say, I want to leave things that have eternal 
significance. I'm I'm looking for a, a re, eternal return on my investment, not just you know financial or the things of this world. Our actions today can impact the generations to come. So we want to make sure that we're being led by the Holy Spirit. A legacy that is rooted in Christ is going to leave an indelible mark that will not easily be erased. So it's not just about what we accumulate, it's about the lives that we touch and the legacy of righteousness that we establish. So our true legacy is in the impact that we're making for God's kingdom and for God's glory. There are many things that I'm doing today in ministry that are a result of the legacy of my grandmother, my grandmother on my father's side, my paternal grandmother. So my paternal grandmother, she left seeds of righteousness that I am actually walking in a harvest from the seeds that she was sowing. Even though she didn't have much, she was leaving financially. She was leaving a legacy of righteousness and I didn't even know it. So I, I gave my life to Christ when I was 23. I got born again, August 27, 1995, Camp Doha, Kuwait. Um, I started preaching like nine months later, and I've been preaching ever since. Um, but in ministry, there's a lot of things that I've done that God has pointed to me. The Holy Spirit has illuminated to me that you're doing this because of your grandmother, and I didn't even know it. So my grandmother on my father's side, this woman, she had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. My grandmother on my father's side, I remember one night in the middle of the night, I got up in La Vega, the Dominican Republic. I was a little, little kid, and I got up to pee. And I had to piss in a pot. I don't know if you ever do that. had to do that, but we had these little pots, right? I had to piss in a pot. So anyway, I went to go pee in the pot. And when I went to go pee, um, it's, it's the middle of the night. It's like one o'clock in the morning. It's pitch dark, supposed to be. And in the little living room area, it was bright, like lights were on. So I looked to see why the lights were on and there were no lights on. My grandmother was in a rocking chair talking to an angel. And I remember seeing her and I saw the angel, the whole room was lit up. And I actually saw this angel with my physical eyes. And so my grandmother was talking to an angel. I was like, whoa, whoa. And I, I knew it was an angel. And then I was like, okay. Then I just went back to sleep. I'm a little kid, right? Um, so she had that type of relationship with God. And so my grandmother, she would feed the less fortunate. My grandmother, she would feed the prisoners in, in the prison of La Vega in the Dominican Republic. Um, and so she did a lot of things like that. My grandmother on my father's side actually taught my mother how to pray. So there's prayers that my mother prayed that my grandmother taught her how to pray over me. And so my grandmother was doing all of these, these things. What's my point? My point is now Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, we do stuff in the, in the Dominican Republic. I can't tell you how many times we're out there like feeding people giving food to the less fortunate or feeding the prisoners in La Vega, in the, the jail of La Vega. And um, I'm doing all of these things because I'm led by the Holy Spirit to do it. And the Holy Spirit would then illuminate to me, you know, even here, when I would go to uh, Manassas, I would go to right here in Manassas, Virginia. I preached for years, every Friday night when I was in the army, I would come home in uniform sometimes, take off my uniform, go to jail and go inside the jail and they would clink, clink, clink. I'll go in the cell, they would close the door and I would preach to like 20 or 30 guys and minister to them and all of that. Uh, uh, but when I was in the jail or feeding people in prison or feeding uh, the less fortunate, the Holy Spirit would, would tell me, your grandmother prayed for this. Your grandmother, you are actually the harvest from her seed. Man, I sense the Holy Ghost on that. 
I'm saying like, you, you don't understand like the legacy of righteousness that you can leave. I am doing things today, right now, that are a result of the prayers of my grandmother. My grandmother died a long time ago. She died. Her prayers are still alive. So you can leave a legacy of righteousness that is beyond money. You, can, you should leave money too. I mean, that's Bible. You should leave money too. But, but beyond the money, you should leave a legacy of righteousness. Ooh, I sensed the Holy Ghost on that. All right, say amen to that. All right, number five. Let me try to keep moving. All right, number five, the trap of complacency. The rich fool became complacent. He was like, man, I got a lot of stuff. I'm pretty much done. I'm going to shut it down. I'm about to relax. I'm about to eat. I'm about to drink. I'm about to be merry. I'm just going to live. I'm just good like for the rest of my life. And the Lord said, you fool, this very night, your soul is required of you. See, complacency can lead to spiritual stagnation. What you don't want to do is ever get to the point where you just shut it down, right? While you're on this planet, let me speak to people that are retired. I'm going to, one of these days, maybe in about nine years or so, I'll be retired, retired. But let me speak to people that are retired. All right. So what you, you want to be careful not to shut it down. Don't shut down your heart. Now you don't have to, I told you, you can retire from a job. You cannot retire from your work. If you're still on this planet, you have work to do. You have a purpose. And so, yes. Can you go to the beach? Yes. Can you go to resorts? Yes. Can you go on cruises? Do all the stuff you want to do, man. You work for it. You have it. Enjoy it. It's a good thing. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter five to have wealth from God and the good health to enjoy. But if you're still on this planet, you have work to do. And what you don't want to do is what this guy did. He said, I'm just going to shut it down. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to eat, drink and be merry. And God said, you fool this very night. Your soul is required of you. So if you're still on this planet, you got to be like, you know what, Lord, I'm still here now. I'm not working for nobody. I ain't doing no more. I'm not reporting to nobody. I'm just, I, I want to go do the things I love to do. And at the same time, I'm open to you, God, to do whatever you want me to do. When you're there, God will make you live long and strong, declare the works of the Lord. He will renew your youth like the eagles. He will keep you on this planet long enough to get out of you everything that he deposited in you. But if you ever shut it down, say, I'm not doing nothing for nobody no more. It's just about me. That's a dangerous place to be. Your soul may be required of you that very night. You got it? Same end to that. All right, number six. Last point for today, the, the essence of true prosperity. The essence of true prosperity. Prosperity is not just about stuff. It's not about material things. It's about thriving in every area of your life and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The rich fool was wealthy in earthly things, but he was poor in spiritual things. So you don't want, put, put in the chat, say, I am rich towards God. I, you want to be rich towards God. You want to be rich in, in, in God's presence. You want to make sure that you are maximizing your purpose and potential. You want to know that when you stand before God, God is just going to want to know as I close, son, daughter, what did you do with the life that I gave you? Did you do what I, did, what I sent you to this planet to do? And at that point, your prosperity is not going to be measured in houses or cars or titles or clothes or you know none of that. It's going to be measured in purpose. And if you accomplished what God told you or sent you to this planet to do, God is going to say, well done. It's really that simple. Say, say this, say, I will accomplish what God sent me to this planet to accomplish, and I'm going to get it done before I die. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I embrace the power of contentment. I'm satisfied with what I have, even as I strive for the next level. I recognize that everything I have 
was given to me by you. And I'm a steward. You're the owner. So I commit to using all my resources to advance your kingdom and to be a blessing to others. I reject the wisdom of this world and I seek your guidance in every decision. I'm determined to leave a legacy of righteousness that will outlive me. My grandchildren will walk in my blessing. True prosperity is not just about material wealth. So I am prospering now, not just in material things, but in purpose, love, peace, and joy. I am preparing myself for this world and the world to come. And living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, why would you not want my notes? You get my notes for free. And these were good notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I love you. God loves you more. This was a good message. Uh, if you enjoyed this message, leave me some comments in the chat. I like to read those. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.